Welcome to HeroClix Borderlands. I'm your host, Shay McClure, bringing you the meta-casual perspective on HeroClix, sharing my insights, thoughts, and experiences with other players who love this awesome game at all levels just like I do. Whether you are playing a casual home game, local tournament, or at a regional or national event taking on the latest meta team, this is the podcast for you. All comments, suggestions, or questions can be directed to our email at lostinclicks at gmail.com. That is L-O-S-T-I-N-C-L-I-X at gmail.com. Also, you can private message me on acrealms.com under the ID of ColossusTN. Or you can go to our Facebook page of HeroClix Borderlands where you can message me or just read the latest articles and videos I have run across about this wonderful game. This is episode 19, Face Off. And that is what is getting ready to happen because it has come. Why I started this podcast in the first place was to prepare for Worlds and starting tomorrow I get on the road to go to Columbus to participate in Worlds. Now let me say that again. I have come to the end of my journey. And this podcast has done a great job in helping me get ready for this. Being able to keep my mind on the game. So it's hard to believe I only started this 18 episodes ago. And now I've reached this time. I will say that it's a joy to have done this podcast. And I'm planning on continuing to do it. And as I keep growing it, I want to keep growing my love of the game. So this is episode 19. This is going to be the send-off. I'm heading out. And we're going to be doing face-off. And in this face-off episode... We will be looking at the Avengers Defenders War and the What If set, comparing them, looking at how their meta pieces are and all that. So let's get going. Let's head on into our topics. Let's get the thing rolling. Let's move on to our weekend review. Okay, this is our weekend review. I've got to be saying since the last podcast, I have just been going through my final walkthrough on how I'm going to run my team. Scenarios coming up, running it through my brain, pulling out maps, looking at them, making sure this is a team I want to want. I even tried to put together another team, thought I had an awesome team put together, and ended up building an illegal build. And I never would have known it until I went and actually ran it in a test match and realized that I was trying to do something that was actually illegal. And that's stuff you have to get out of the way when preparing for Worlds. So that's what I've been doing. I've had two online competitive games with Eric, and in those I ran a test team where he was able to test his team against a Jakeem Eclipso Green Lantern build. And then I also took on one of his teams with what I'm going to consider my world's team. In that, I learned even more about my team, about how I can move it, how it can get into the middle of a match, and how I need to transition from the beginning of a match into the midpoint of a match. And what I mean, since I have an alpha strike team, after my alpha strike, how long do I keep pressing my advantage or when do I pull back and keep the advantage that I have? Because... The Alpha Strike team gets in there and can wipe out a lot of pieces, but I was playing against a Mephisto, and I was having trouble finishing them off. So part of me wonders if I shouldn't have pulled the team back, made Mephisto overextend, and then go at him to kind of finish him off. So, But it was great in order to go through that. I also played an online game with my buddy Mark. We did a booster draft. We took our boosters that we had pulled, and we kind of went through them. And he chose two numbers, and I chose whatever figures I got in, uh, I believe it was number 11, 13, or whatever the two numbers were. I took those two boosters from my case, put a team together. He took the two boosters from his case, put a team together. Unfortunately, the team put together with Avengers Defenders War, and we came across teams that didn't have any flyers. They had hard time moving. We had seven to eight pieces each. He actually had a chair 
Black Panther, and I, I would even I I wouldn't even bore you all with the details of going over it. It was a slog of a game. It took forever to engage each other. It took us two hours to play the game. In the end, we were just wanting it to finish itself off. Couldn't hit die rolls. I had a Wakandan warrior that stayed in there because he couldn't kill it. Uh, I misplayed a couple of pieces. It was kind of fun to do. In that, what I learned is that AW, ADW as a sealed set is can create this kind of slow-moving match. You're going to have to have your brain around that. And I'm kind of wondering, I want to shout out to uh, Jesse who agreed to kind of go with me and Mark and play in the three versus three tournament. Awesome. So we'll have a team Heroclix Borderlands. But in that, if we're going to do an Avengers Defenders War, wow. You're talking about some movement problems. You're talking about maps going to kind of slow you down. So, I mean, hopefully in six boosters we can come across enough figures that we can kind of create some teams, maybe look at more theme teams so we can control the map choice. That better suits us. There's always the possibility of Goblin King and, Sp and Cosmic Spider-Man. They should rule that tournament. They're, they're, they're hard to stop. You know, that's just some stuff you learn as you kind of play the pieces. And going to competitive is kind of interesting to uh, kind of find out. Now, after I got through with Mark and that game there, I actually uh, Facebook messaged my buddies from the uh, Dwayne's World where I go and play um, Heroclix. And we put together a competitive group meeting. They were going to help me test my team out, test out some new team ideas. Three buddies of mine kind of showed up, guys I play with. And we kind of sat down at this uh, Civic Center, and we'd taken a room. And we sat there, and we just played. I got four games in. I got to try out different teams. I got to try out my competitive team. I got to run against uh, teams that I thought I might see. And it's fun. They're great guys. They know how to play. They really helped me out. And, it, and actually, another reason why I wanted to kind of meet there is I kind of wanted to start this as a monthly group meeting. We, I kind of talked to them about it, and they were kind of agreeable to it. You know, where you can bring those Jakeem Thunder teams. You can bring those Cosmic Spider-Man teams and test them out. And nobody's feelings get hurt. You know, more of a, not a tournament atmosphere, but more of, hey, let's look. How's this idea look? Is this an awesome idea or not? Does this work? And just kind of testing out and throwing ideas off each other, letting them run, and kind of building a competitive group there that I'm hoping that for the next Origins, I can actually take a competitive team up there, a group of us that really want to go and compete at a higher level. So maybe it's the start of a team, maybe not, but at least we'll have an outlet for the competitive juices. And for me, that helps keep the casual environment at the store because that competitive outlet for me, that competitive where, you know, I don't, there's no worry. I'm going to bring hard-nosed competitive teams that are maxed out, and we're going to go at each other, and we're going to try and build what we consider the best teams that have good synergy. Maybe that's the start, and, you know, that was a fun time. did that Saturday. Leading right into that, I was watching the game three of the Golden State Warriors and Cavs. And I was kind of up. I love watching the game. I usually don't like to watch the game until after halftime. Don't know. Kind of superstitious of me. But I was watching that game, and then they were doing the interviews after it. And they were talking to Golden State, and they are talking about, well, what do you think? Now you can sweep. Y'all been talking about that? And they said, now that it's in front of us, yes, we'll talk about it. But the goal is for us to go out and be successful for us to go out and play our best game, and that we just play in the moment, to play in the now, to play in the game. And, you know, that was some insight. I was sitting there thinking, I go, that's what I have to do when I get to Origin. It's going to be about me just execute in the moment of the game. When bad stuff happens, it's just keeping that focus 
and executing in the moment of the game. And if it goes bad, it goes bad. You have to adapt your plans. You're just going to have to keep your head about you. And in Origins, I'm going to be doing what I call grinders. Since I'm not qualified for nationals, I'm going to have to go to these eight-man single elimination tournaments that are going to be very high pack pressure, and people are going to be really competitive in it. And I'm going to throw a team out there, and I've got two days to qualify. Now, I'm going to let y'all know on Facebook on how I do, and I have in my mind what I want to do, but I also have to understand that if I go out there and do my best and try my best and bring the best team, the experience is what I want. Because whether I win or lose, in the end, if I'm not having fun there, why should I come back? Now, my wife's looking forward to playing other games, and I'm looking forward to qualifying hopefully early Wednesday so I can kind of relax, enjoy, maybe get some practice matches in, step back from the hero click scene and just kind of kind of get ready for the Friday the Friday uh, Worlds tournament. Hopefully I'm qualified. I don't have to go through it. Put a lot of pressure on me on Thursday. Saturday just to sit down and have fun with Jesse and Mark playing in the uh, 3 versus 3 tournament. Now, I can tell you I did find my display case. Awesome. It's a, it's called a lawyer's bookcase. I've been looking and I finally ran across one for less than $200. I put it up in the room it looks awesome it has the clear glass it pulls up and slides back in the top that's how you open it um i need to install some lights in it i think that'll make it look good it's kind of a woodish finish to it and my mother-in-law was awesome and found me these great trays that they use in medicine cabinets to help stack your medicine where i would put those in and we can stack the hero clicks on it and it kind of displays them a little bit better uh, also been packing for origins i've narrowed down to one yes one tackle box of figures that i think that's all i need i keep going through is that everything i've taken all my competitive pieces i think that i can make a team around and i have it there ready to go have all my resources and then i also have my carry bag i think that's important you need to have a backpack that you can carry your stuff in and remember here's the safety tip because this happened last year remove your room key from the carded sleeve they give you with your room number on it because somebody had their bag taken and then somebody took that card key since they still had it in the cardboard thing took it up went into a room stole a bunch of stuff out of it so remove that keep that in your room people don't need to know where you're at you can lose that and you'll still be okay but if it has identification on what your room number is people can break in so um kind of get ready for that uh Got it all sitting here beside me. Got my maps ready to go. Actually, that was a great thing. When I met up for my competitive group meeting, we played on... We didn't get to play on the Wakandan map. I still want to kind of go over that. But we were able to play on the new starter map for the What If. And that was awesome. Give some experience on that. I love the elevated terrain. There's not that much blocking. So that's kind of a Nick Fury map. That would be anybody that ignores elevated terrain. Uh, comes to mind, the Nick Fury... Thor does it too, so it might be a map for her. Also, I believe there's one narrow alley that is open from one end to the other. So that is your TK alley. And you got to be careful of it. You could almost, one person, it's just a straight line all the way down. The Nightcrawler from Uncanny X-Men could just teleport all the way down to tie somebody up. So just kind of going through that map, trying to get it in my head. Do I want to use it? I am taking it. I also have the Wakandan map just in case the hindering train with its bonus to your defense might help my team out, especially with overdrive. My team being overdrive 
and his vehicle, the vehicle can ignore hindering train and see that is my battering ram. It's going to get my figures into position. So I'm kind of excited. Right now, I can go into my biggest worry is how do I handle a mirror match? And a mirror match is when you face somebody that has the exact same team you do. I'm going through my mind. If I win map roll, what, what map am I going to put that team on? What am I going to do with my first turn? Because he has first turn immunity. How am I going to get myself in position so that I can go take out his Doc Ock? He's going to be thinking the same thing. So it's going to be that chess match. How do you handle the mirror match? You need to go through all these combinations. That's what I'm kind of doing right now. I'm kind of going over it, getting ready. I'm getting pumped. Everything should be awesome. Now, I'm already went over. I'm just going down my notes here. You know, started this podcast to get to this point, to get ready for Worlds. And it has just been an awesome journey that's kind of changed the way I've done the podcast, kind of grown it, met a lot of new people. And I want to continue. It's just awesome that I could just kind of start this and put this out on a ledge. And now, I mean, I just looked. 87 people listened to the last podcast. 87 downloads. That's amazing to me. 87 people out there listening to what I'm talking about. And you know what? What I'm talking about is my love, my passion, and what's kind of going on. Um, plan of attack for Origins. Really looking at the three versus three. That's my only guarantee. Number one, when I first get there, I've got to go ahead and sign up for it. I don't trust that there'll be enough room for all of us. Next thing is figuring out what boosters we're going to end up doing. If it's going to be what if, oh my. If it's going to be a what if set, and then wait, I'm wrong. ADW, I'm, I'm okay. Let me back up. I need to have a, a error page. When I talk about ADW, the piece I'm most worried about out of ADW is the World Breaker Hulk in that sealed environment. Him, Count Nefaria, give you some options that are higher than the other pieces. But it's more balanced than what I'm going to say to what if. The what if has the competitive cosmic Spider-Man. It has a competitive Goblin King. It has Peace Machine. It has a bunch of flyers. It has a bunch of characters that are kind of similar to each other. So in it, if it's going to be a what-if type sealed event, the character pools are going to be kind of wild. You might get, I'm kind of worried about getting a lot of Spider-Man. What team abilities do you have out there that they can copy? Mystics is going to be rampant in that kind of sealed event. So kind of looking through that so that we can sit down, hopefully meet up with Jesse. I need to send him a Facebook message. We need to meet up, love to meet up, sit down, just kind of get some thoughts together. And, you know, you got to have a plan of attack. You're only going to be given 30 minutes once those boosters hit. So you're going to have to have a plan of attack, know how you go, and just kind of get stuff down. Now, the other thing I've been thinking about, don't ask me why, just get a little random. I mean, really, if I made Worlds, if I made top 16, got down to the cut, or top 32 and got down to the top cut, I mean, I'm like, what should be my intro music? I'm thinking I should wear a luchador mask and have some intro music. I, you know, I was kind of looking through my iTunes trying to decide what would be a great piece of intro music. Um... You know, Eye of the Tigers always comes to mind. Everybody loves Eye of the Tiger. Or, um, what is it? Sorry. Uh, Eye of the Tiger. Um, Something from Bon Jovi. You know, Living on a Prayer. That'd be amazing. Or how about just kind of flipping through here right now. I meant to have one picked out before here, but, you know, life happens. 
But I was thinking, what would be my intro music? Um, let me see here. Take This Job and Shove It by Johnny Paycheck? Maybe. Disco Duck. That'd be great if I had a Howard the Duck team. That'd be actually pretty awesome. Or maybe... Rocky. Ooh, the Rocky theme. Rock the bells. Mama said knock you out. That'd be awesome. Ice Ice Baby for an Iceman team. That'd be awesome. Ice Ice Baby. Um actually Hungry Like the Wolf. Rock me Amadeus. I'm the one. Should do shut up and dance with me. Firework by Katy Perry be awesome. We are the champions. Now oh, I know what I want. Let me see. But there's only one song, and it's really because of the commercial they have for it. It's awesome. It's uh. Burn by Eli yeah, Ellie Golding. I mean, that's just gonna be awesome. We don't have to worry about no Coming into that. Oh, yeah. We got the fire, and we one Throwing the team down. Doing my little luchador moves. Like 
little Pulp Fiction. That'd be awesome. Okay, that'd be amazing to come into that song. That'd be crazy good. Love coming into that song. So, Burn. But if I had to choose a song, it'd have to be Burn by Ellie Goulding. I can just imagine sitting there, coming in, arms raised high, carrying in my team. Fireworks going off in the background as the music builds, throwing my team down, sitting down, doing my best Pulp Fiction. That would be amazing fun great everybody wants that everybody wants that music just like lebron when he shoots the uh, chalk dust up in the air just like the shimmy shakes they like to do so that right there i'm just getting pumped i can't wait to get to origins can't wait to get everything going hope to run into a lot of people either that listen to podcasts or people i listen to in other podcasts but you know, hey, that's my weekend review. I am pumped. I am starting to get everything together. I've been pumped. Today has just been one crazy day. Cooking meals for my wife since she has a uh, food sensitivity. Getting that ready. Getting my stuff ready for the hero clicks. I haven't packed a single stitch of clothing. I'm going to have to throw that together. And then getting on the road tomorrow. Getting up there. Relaxing. Just getting ready for my first matches tomorrow. So I just can't wait. I will let you all know on Facebook tomorrow night on how I did. So... Moving on, that's the weekend review. Let's move on to our topic. A Avengers Defenders War versus What If. Which one makes the cut? All right, so I did a little research. Okay, so I did a little research here to putting together about looking at the metagame on how it's impacted by ADW and what if. Now I'm going to go down the figures that I feel like in Avengers Defenders War will maybe have some possibility of making the meta scene. That they have the possibility of people putting them on teams as support or trying to build a team around to take, care, to take advantage of something they do. So let's look at them. I'm just kind of going in order in which you run across them. But number one, and it's the first one out there, 001, it's going to be the Doc Strange shifting focus. I mean, there's not a lot that you can't do with Avengers Defenders War that Doc Strange, his one big problem is that the other shifting focuses have been not as squishy as this Doc Strange. However, he's a very versatile support piece. He's great for a defenders team. He's only a 50-point cost, so you can only invest in 50 points to get a guy who can taxi, get a guy who can enhance, who has the ability to if you have a wild card bring some different things to it you know he has a defensive one where he gives 18 defend and if you can have a wild card if you just through the defender's ability take his 18 instead of the defend of team ability you get to re-roll one attack dice when somebody attacks you one attack dice that's huge if i roll a two and a six making me re-roll that six gives you a way better opportunity for me to miss an attack if I needed a, a seven. Because now I have to roll, I have a four, three, two, or one. If, whereas if I roll the two dice again, I have a better shot at making that attack. 
So his trait gives you that possibility. There's three of them, shifting focus. I expect to see him out there. I expect him to be used. And the other big thing is he has the mystical keyword. That generic keyword just makes him so powerful. So Doc Strange, definite tier one piece. I believe you'll see him in the meta. I think you can build him, but he's going to be a support piece, kind of like Green Lantern. Ultra efficient. Got to love that mechanic. Now, another one, I don't know if she's tier one, but I do expect her to find some place in the meta. It's going to be that shifting focus focus wasp. Now, people are going to say, why? She's tiny, so it's just easy to carry her. However, with the new rules, she'll still cost you a movement point. But she does have a high defense. One of hers has 19. The other one has 18 with energy shield, I believe, or super senses. I know the 19s with super senses. She's tiny size. She one of yeah, the 18 has energy shield deflection and a double target in cap. A little five range. She does psychic blast. And I think the other thing that really makes her very good, she's got a hundred point leadership special power. She's only 40 points, but she can operate in one of her modes as a hundred point leader piece. So she has the ability to take some tokens off people at a, her being a hundred points. And has the ability to give you some extra action. So I think that one can see some play. So her keywords are kind of so-so. I won't say they're great. She has the Avengers. And she's low damage. But for 40 points, she's not a huge investment. She can breathe some needed leadership to your team. She can bring you some in cap. So I think she's maybe not a tier one, but a tier two. But she could find her way into some meta teams. Just filling a very specific part. Now, moving right along, we got Black Panther shifting focus. If you're starting to see a theme, shifting focus usually is a piece that you're going to look at and go, okay, this could make the meta, so let me kind of work with it. Could they fall off? Yes, but it looks like Black Panther, this is a third of our shifting focuses. Here's the big thing about him. He's only 30 points. Let me say that again. He's only 30 points. I'll look at that, and I'm like, okay. How many times do you come at the end of the team, and it's like, okay, what am I going to do with these 30 points? Should I get a bigger figure? Should I get a smaller figure? So if we look at the 30-point Black Panther, it's just one of them is a throwback to the old Infinity Challenge Black Panther. Front-loaded stealth and outwit, which is huge. With a new overpowering of outwit, this is going to be a cheap way to go get outwit. And with the lack of stealth busting, ability to have outwit that can't be seen. Now, he does. he's able to switch into, if you, get, if you base him into a close combat piece that can you know do some blades claws fangs damage but the investment's only 30 points if somebody's spending so much time to go after a 30 point piece then it's done its job it's a distraction for your team to go ahead and circle around and try to take out their pieces or start to pick them apart so he does have a keyword of a warrior which is a decent i won't say a great generic keyword but some warrior teams might need him for his outwit so he could be a piece that, okay, I'm trying to put together a warrior theme team. He's my go-to 30-point outwitter. Boom, he's on the team. I, he's really easy. Now, moving on, we're going to look at Electra. Electra is another one that can make the meta. She has a shifting focus. She's 50 points. One of her pieces can target everyone that she's adjacent to. She can do an attack on everyone, and she has Blaze Claws Fangs for that attack. Our other one's a close combat, and she has a very high attack. Now, she's five clicks long. She's going to be kind of situational. I consider her like a tier two 
piece, tier two, meta piece, maybe tier three. It's just gonna be situational. You have a special team you're trying to get her on, and maybe that works. She is a martial artist. Now let's look, this guy is gonna make it. This next one out of Avengers Defenders War is Punisher. Shifting focus, 50 points. He's got one piece that is a stealth, close combat, blaze claws fang guy. But then the one that's going to really make the biggest impact is that he shifts into an eight range special powered range attack that is basically energy explosion on steroids. Meaning that he single targets one person at eight range. Now he doesn't have any improved targeting, so that's going to be a downside on him. However, on this new map that I was talking about, that's the new what if map. He can pretty much, there's mostly elevated terrain and just a little bit of hindering. He can target many squares, and so he can single target a character, shoot them, and for your cluster teams, like an overdrive team, he can shoot, hit the person he targeted for four damage, and everybody else takes three that's adjacent. Now, that's not an energy explosion. That is his special, I guess, um, bazooka round or rocket launcher round. So he is has a soldier keyword. He's gonna bring something, his eight range, that special attack power, and he's got like an 11 attack. Now he doesn't have a move, he does not have a moving attack, so that kind of slows him down, but you can get around that. So for 50 points, he brings a lot of pain. Say you have, uh, you go up against a team that has a clump of four figures. Well, his damage potential goes up to, he can hit the front figure for four, and then you have the three for three each, so that's 13 potential damage out of a 15-point piece. The ability to damage several pieces at once. Can he KO a piece? Probably not. However, he can put a serious hurt on another team that a follow-up shot can start chipping away at him. Now, moving on, I got any more shifting focus? No, that's all the shifting focus. I'm going to jump in Jessica Jones. Now, here's Jessica Jones. She's a stealth buster because she has a special power. Whenever she gets within six spaces, it doesn't say line of fire, so she can be on the other side of the wall. But as soon as she's within six squares of an opposing character using stealth, they can no longer use stealth. With the lack of stealth busting anymore in the Hero Clicks game, she becomes an important piece to be able to run up and make people unstealthy. Now, she, here's the other clip. Here's the other thing. She's four clicks of life. She has the detective keyword. She has toughness, she has leap climb, and what blows your mind is she's only 15 points. Man, 15 points. That is less than four points a click you're paying for to get that cool power. Now, is she gonna be a major target? Yeah, but go ahead, take out my 15 point piece and get yourself out of position. So her impact's gonna be pretty quick. Uh, the only thing holding her back are her keywords. However, on a non-keyword team, uh, Jakeem Thunder team maybe to help him bust some stealth she could see some play so keep Jessica Jones in mind and if you have a stealth team remember she might be your number one target now our other low point piece out there is Foggy Nelson he gives you outwit protection for a piece 150 points or less and that he's adjacent to and he chooses he gives them outwit protection you can't outwit or counter their abilities. Now, he only has three clicks of life, but he's only 15 points. 
So can he make an impact? I think so. If a character really needs outwear protection, if that's a weakness of one of the pieces that you're really trying to run, a major piece, Foggy Nelson is an easy add-on, like almost like a resource to add on to allow your piece not to be outwitted. Now, the problem is going to be is that that piece will probably need to be a flyer. However, inside the Avenger Defenders War, a piece that might need him is the 200-point Count Nefaria. Count Nefaria being able to carry Foggy Nelson around and allow him to keep him from being outwitted could be huge in a competitive match. I mean, Cosmic Spider-Man doesn't need him. Goblin King doesn't. But Count Nefaria, your other big dog in this, 200 points, protecting him from outwit makes him even more dangerous. So I think Foggy could find some impact in the meta. He's going to be situational, but he's 15 points. He's such a low investment. You're going to give it a try. Another one I was looking at, and I said, okay, wow, okay. Boom, Nighthawk. I mean, I played against him. Me and Mark played him in a game, and I really liked what he did. He's a flyer, one of the few flyers in the set. He does have the Defender's Team ability. He is a martial artist. He has four range, and his special power on the top of his dial is Charge Flurry Stealth. Well, anytime you hear Charge Flurry, you're always like, okay. He has three damage, ten attack, so-so, but he also has Stealth, so he can kind of sneak up there. Uh, he has the same trait as Doctor Strange. If you take his defense value, which is only like 17, but if you take his defense value as your own, then you can reroll one roll, die roll per turn of the attack die that yeah, hits you. And he starts without wit, and he has five clicks. So maybe a little pricey, but I can see him making some impact, especially in sealed meta. He's probably tier two, but he could fill out a couple of teams, a martial artist team that needs a flyer, uh, a martial artist team with some Spider-Man team ability people, allowing him to share his trait with somebody. That could be an interesting combo. He's got a low speed value, but I do like his charge stealth flurry combination. So, I mean, he's one to keep in mind. There's just not a lot of stealth busting. Stealth's going to rule for a while. Now we're going to get to what should be a huge impactful. I have not heard it yet. I haven't seen it yet. It's going to be Batroche, as some people call him, but it's Batroch, as I like to call him. A 40-point precision strike piece. He's got the keyword martial artist. He has a very cool trait, which says that if he has one action token, he can double sidestep and then make an attack, free action attack. So... With his precision strike, two damage, decent attack value, decent first movement, he can be a first strike hit you just for one click of damage. He has great improved movement. He ignores the big three, which are characters, elevated, and hindering. He doesn't ignore blocking, but he ignores those big three, so his ability to get across the board, get through people, and then make some free attacks kind of helps you set up some actions. I mean, it even has the ability to, if he takes first turn, he moves his full movement and makes an attack. And then he's carried by somebody the next turn, he can then still sidestep twice until he removes that action token and do a free attack. So you're looking at a piece that is able to attack about, oh, he'd be able to attack every turn. Every turn. Let me, let me go through the math of it. He Okay, for turn one, he goes out of seven spaces, Sidesteps twice, attacks. All right. Next turn, sidesteps twice, attacks. Clears. Next turn, 
Full movement, sidestep, twice, attack. Or attack, sidestep twice, attack again. Precision strike, even with the damage depletion mod, uh, damage depletion, um, depletion modifier, he's still going to do one damage. So his ability to just keep going and going and giving a free attack should be abused by somebody. And I'm waiting to see it. Now, I'll let you know if I see it a lot at Origins, but maybe people just hadn't had enough time to crack them. So we'll see. We see Betros or Betra. Now we're going to get into what we call the super rares. There's super rares of the Avengers Defenders Wars where we're starting to see some shiny meta one, tier one pieces. Doctor Strange Earth Guardian. He's a mystical keyword. He also has the Mystic's team ability. He has six clicks of life for 70, no, 80 points, I believe. Uh, he has title character. Uh, he starts with two points. If he gets up to four points, then he has a permanent reroll that's not a prob, meaning that he can use prob and then use this other power to reroll an attack. It doesn't matter where it's at on the board. So he has this, this universal prob that's not a prob. He's got a seven range. Uh, he's got a pretty good defense, 18s at the top. Uh, he does not have an ability to heal like the the uh, Deadpool title character, so that if he doesn't attack when he does a title point, he gets a title point by upping somebody's damage or his own. And if he does not get this, if he doesn't attack during this title point, he'll take a click of damage, and he can't do anything about that. I mean, there's there's not a healing. You'll have to bring some extra healing to him to get him to to do something. And when he dies, if he is KO'd, then the character nearest him, that is your character, then will take a negative, will take two penetrating damage. Now, I, I believe he's good. He's a probability control. He does have pretty good range. He does have psychic blast. He's going to be a character that people are going to have to deal with. He's going to have an impact somebody's going to try to break him his mystics his mystical keyword i mean mystical keyword let's just be honest mystical keywords out of control right now and anybody with a mystical keyword is automatically a little bit better than the other ones because of the versatility of it and the high power pieces in it now moving on he was 051 we're going to look at the captain america 054 it's the old man captain america i played with him the other day i want to break this guy because why he is a 50 point soldier and shield pure support he's got five clicks and that's 10 points a click so that's right in line he starts with outwit and perplex on his dial he also has that special power that means that he can do leadership at 200 points so your temp poles like the 200 point count nefaria your jakeem thunders your goblin king at 175 points can have their tokens taken off by Captain America because of that special trait, allowing them to keep going. He and if a character heals, so he can have them remove an action token. Now I know people are thinking about this. Imagine a Goblin King using a Steel Energy, or Jakeem using Steel Energy. Captain America, since he healed, will take. He rolls a dice and he rolls a four to six. He would take an action token off of Jakeem. That is crazy. 50-50 shot for Jakeem to go again. Or 50-50 shot for Goblin King to go again. Just by using Steel Energy. Okay, somebody's going to break that. For 50 points, that's going to be breakable. So, 
great thing is he only has five clicks. He only keeps that special power for the first three. But on a Jakeem team, he becomes target number one because of his ability to get that Jakeem engine going. So that is just amazing in the fact that with with that ability, people are going to have to devote way too much energy to take out a piece that isn't really the major threat they need to worry about. I mean, it is because it's, he's going to cause the most issues for him. But for you, it frees up the ability that he becomes a big target, not Jakeem or your other big guy. But keep moving. We got Ant-Man, another super rare. Just looking at my paper here. He has a Despotellus type power in that he can. he's tiny. He's got 80 points, 5 clicks, and you're going to go, wow, that's a huge... That's almost, that's a little over 16 clicks. That is 16 click, 16 points per click. Wow, what is he bringing me? Well, number one, if he perplexes somebody, if he perplexes somebody, then they can't attack him. Unless it's the only character. So as long as there's other character, if he goes, uh, I don't want to be attacked by Jakeem, he can perplex down Jakeem or perplex anything on Jakeem. And all of a sudden, Jakeem can't attack Ant-Man. And Ant-Man also has a movement power that is if an adjacent opposing character is moved or placed, you may place Ant-Man adjacent to that character after action is resolved. So, so, so if Jakeem tries to run away from you, he stays with him. And your turn, you're right there. He starts with precision strikes and 18 defense with super senses. He's going to be uh, hard to kill. He's going to be annoying and those 80 points and he's a scientist keyword decent keyword so and he ignores characters in his movement decent speed so i give him he's got a chance to make the meta and just do some annoying stuff that despotellus used to do a little bit more punch now this next character i have up here is ghost rider now once again he's got the great mystical keyword What's going to make him great is people want him to work. Number one, he's a very popular character. Number two, he's got an extra long dial, eight clicks. That ranks right up there with Jakeem. He also has, he's only 100 points. He's got willpower in, in, where he's indomitable. He has a great speed power. He ignores hindering train, ignores elevated train, and ignores characters. So he ignores the big three. He's got a four range, so he can actually make some range attacks. But his big thing is his starting movement power that he keeps for over half his dial. And his movement is 11, 11, 10, 10, 9. Now, it's pretty much a special ram where he can just sit there and go in a straight line and every character he goes through, he can roll to hit. And he chooses whether or not he does three damage or two penetrating. So he has the ability to hit people and he starts with 11 attack. His ability to hit a lot of people if they kind of get lined up. Now, this is kind of situational, but it's one of those types of abilities that people go, wow, that's going to be great to get off. So I feel like he's going to show up on some meta teams because people want to kind of move around on that ability and try to get it to work. Now, one note I wanted to make here is that all the double base characters have this type of ability, the ability to full movement charge, and everybody they go through, they get attacked. Valkyrie has it. She gets to do blades on everybody. Uh, Black Knight has it, and he gets to do exploit weakness. And Ghost Rider has it and can decide between two penetrating or three damage. And he's got the highest of all their attack values, I believe. So you're looking at this is uh, interesting mechanic here. Yes, he does. Sorry. 
Yeah, he has better attack values than um, Valkyrie. And he also has point values. He has a 100-point value, a 75-point value, and a 50-point value. Really, where I see him being played as 75 or 100. At 75, is even even more ridiculous. Now he starts with an 18 def- defense. He has some kind of defense power all the way down. And his last three clicks involve a charge with exploit weakness. So I believe he's going to be meta-capable. It's going to be dependent on who can do what with him, who can break him. Now now we're getting into the chases. And 069 chase is probably my favorite. And that's the Captain America Samantha um, Samantha Wilson piece. Now she's a soldier keyword. And also she has shield. I currently have her on my team. I think she's awesome. She has plus three to movement for anybody that carries her. And her really cool ability is traded that... If somebody carries her, after the carry, she can still take a power action and do something. That's pretty incredible for a piece that has only two damage, but she has perplex, 18 defense with combat reflexes. She has an 11 attack with charge, and she has a uh, with super strength and charge with movement of seven. So that's a piece that can be carried a long distance. Let's look at overdrive can carry her with the plus three to his speed. 16 spaces and then she can take a power action and still hit you with a heavy object you're going to break that you're going to want to break that we carry all the time and she has a way to make it even better she breaks a fundamental rule when the first rule changes of hero clicks which is no actions after taxi unless you're samantha wilson so i think that's amazing i think you're going to see her i'm pretty sure i'm going to see some samantha wilson sit down across from me i'm going to have one as a definite tier one piece now this next piece is you know controversial some people love her some people don't it's ironheart now the great thing about ironheart is she has a scientist and armor keyword she's also only 25 points and she gives you every important support power in the game outwit perplex probability control she can only survive maybe one shot or maybe five shots Her power is you can't do damage to her. If you hit her, you give her a token. She rolls a dice. And she has to roll more. She has to roll a higher number on the dice than she has tokens. And she starts with one token. First time you hit her, she has to roll above one. She does. She gets her second token. If she doesn't roll above the amount of tokens she has, then she dies. So she could be one-shotted or she could take five shots to get it. Called a broken armor token. Um, And it says here, Ironheart begins the game with one broken armor token. When she is dealt damage, instead roll a die six that can't be rolled. If the result is equal to or less than the number of broken arrow tokens, she is KO'd. If not, turn to the click number and give her another broken armor token. So you're going to sit there and you're going to have your first time you get hit. You're going to roll. If you roll a three, she'll turn to click three, which is perplex. You'll give her another broken armor token. She gets hit again. You're going to have to roll above a two and so forth and so on until she's killed. So she could last five turns. Five, I mean, five hits. That's pretty incredible for a 25 point piece, just bringing you some um, just support powers. And she's a flyer and has decent movement with some sidestep every other click. But she's earthbound all the every other click too. So you're going to kind of move around with her, but on her earthbound, she gets. Perplex, probability control, outwits, or last one. So 
people are going to try to make her work. At 25 points, she's not a huge investment. She has a, some potential to be in very annoying because you're not going to be able to get rid of her. And her ability to help your team out just with her special, her, her uh, support powers is just kind of game-breaking. So that's she's another one that's going to see meta play. And she, you're either going to love her or you're going to hate her. I know I probably, I don't like her. I, I don't like the randomness of it. But some people will and maybe have some success with her. Now another one, 072 Captain America, the traitor Captain America. He's seven clicks at 75 points. That's a little over 10 and a half points per click. Big thing is he has three team abilities, the Shield, the Hydra, and the Avengers. The other thing is he changes keywords. Avengers get the Hydra keyword and Hydra get the Avengers. So you have more flexibility with your team building with the theme team. Uh, he has a high attack, high defense, and he can choose one character on your team. So on the opposing team, he can choose one character, and when that character hits him, he can roll, and if he rolls a four, six, four to six, that attack deals no damage, and he can't ever use that power again the rest of the game. Now that's big, the ability to avoid something. He gets uh, leadership. He has... Uh, his attack values are some of the best in the entire seven set. 12, 11, 11, 10, 10, 11, 10. It's amazing. It's amazing, that kind of. His damage is so-so. He's got a five range. I think people are going to try to use him. He's going to bring a lot of versatility to your teams. He's going to be able to help your teams. He starts with an 18 defense with energy shield and goes to 18 defense with combat reflexes. Then he keeps 17 with toughness. He keeps energy shield to get some uh, plasticity. Ends with some leap climb and some combat reflection energy shield with some problem. So this Captain America could bring some damage. And he's got those soldier keyword. It's always good. With new rules changes, Outwit's going to be able to work on soldiers. Not Outwit, I meant leadership. It's going to be able to work on soldiers, shield, hydra, avengers. So... Love it. Don't like the comic book storyline, but do love this piece. He's going to bring some much-needed versatility to those teams. Finally, in this set that I think is a Tier 1 meta piece and somebody's going to break, is going to be the World Breaker Hulk. Just looking at him, you just want to because of his mid-dial beast mode. Now, he brings some interesting keywords in that he brings cosmic monster ruler and warrior now he's 200 points so he's going to take up two-thirds of your build but he has high defense high damage and high attack once he hits his stop click and once he's into his stop click for three clicks you're not going to be able to outwit him he's going to just get worse he has traded super strength there's no healing on this one that would make him even scarier if you get some healing now, I was looking at the Supreme Intelligence maybe getting him some regeneration because to continue to beat on this guy and trying to get him past those clicks to give him a regeneration ability would just be sick. Uh, he also has colossal stamina. He can go. He can continue to go. And if you damage him, his combat values increase by plus one until he clears action tokens, which could be never since he has the colossal stamina if he's willing to push. The biggest thing is he also has full move charge. And when it's there, he's got 11, 12, and 11 movement. And, and guess what? 
his attack value mirrors those movements. And his defense value is 18, 19, 18. And his, and his damage power is 5, 6, 5. That is crazy. He also has Battle Fury. And you go, well, that doesn't help any. Well, he doesn't have any range. You're not going to be carrying him. And he can just smash you with an object, even if you have Mastermind or Shape Change. Especially with all the symbiote stuff going around, the Venoms that have all this Shape Change, you can just get around it with that Battle Fury. Now, love that he has Invincible, his first two clicks, so you can't hit him hard enough. You have to hit him for four to get him to his stop click. So you're having to take one of your major pieces, get him to his stop click, and get him mad. And then once he's on his stop click, he's going to have Impervious, so he can roll out a damage. And you can't counter his team abilities. You're going to have to be able to, to handle this piece. You're going to have to hit him three or four times in a row for massive amounts of damage and hopes it sticks. Because if you knock him onto his 19 defense click, good luck. Good luck. If, and if he has any other little support pieces, this could be a long battle in a hit. Now, he also ignores Hindrance Train and it Elevated Music. Music. Elevated Terrain. And when he's on his lethal, I can charge from anywhere, I get full movement charge. It even goes up to ignores characters, ignores blocking train, and destroys blocking train as a character moves through it. Consequently, that means that it's pretty much a whiteboard to him. He can go anywhere he wants. He can track you down. And he's going to be able to use super strength because it's not a hypersonic attack. At the end of his move, he gets to bash you. All right. I'm going to say somebody's going to break that. They should break that. That's crazy good. It's a crazy good click. 200 points. He's got the potential to be one of those beat sticks that can maybe survive the game. How do you get him to that one? How do you protect him to get him to where he hits his stop click? That is what we're all going to try to break. So those were what I consider the meta competitive pieces from Avengers Defenders War. People might not agree with me, but that's what I saw. And there were 17 of them. Okay. Now I'm going to come back and do the casual here in a second. But let me flip over to what if. Now what pieces did I go through and look at it? what if that they were this great, um, this great meta potential. So let's look at that. Okay, the what-if meta. You can't go any further than Thor 005. At 110 points, he's got six clicks of life. Now, it does sound very expensive, but love his starting power, which is he can move without taking action tokens. I mean, he can move his full movement, not do a running shot or a charge or anything like that, but can move his full movement without taking an action token. And anytime that can happen... That's awesome. And he has the Avengers team ability, so that action doesn't count against your action total anyway. He has a six range, three bolts. He's 11 attack. And he's got a running shot of seven and a good damage of four. I just think that's so big that he can just move around and run around. If there's a way you keep him protected, he can make it across the whole map untokened and ready to go. 
So he has meta potential. He has breakability. You can abuse him maybe if you can figure out a way to do it. Next one. Oh, wait. That Thor also had the warrior keyword. Might be important. He's a flyer. He can taxi. But with the seven movement, he's not going to be a great taxi, especially once the new rules hit. However, being able to be a flyer, that can help out. Uh, the other one is a Dr. Stark. Now, he is the four clicks of life. Um, he's 009. He has 45 points, so he's going for nine points of clicks, which not bad. He does not fly. He's he kind of a walker. He's more of a support piece because he has uh, probability control, but he also brings the Mystic's team ability. So that Dr. Stark, he also has the armor mystical keyword. So he's a low point, um, low point prob, and it's Tony Stark, so you don't have an ID card that'll bring him in. But, you know, maybe. Maybe somebody will see some kind of use for him, especially on an armor team. Maybe they need some prob, they need the mystics, they want to add that team ability. Five range, ability to be carried to where you're trying to shoot can help bring your probability control. So you can carry him with a flyer, do a run shot with a flyer, drop him, he can use his prob on your attack. Uh, could be probably a tier two meta piece, but some people might try to use them. Kind of cool looking sculpt with the open where you can see his face. The other one has a mask on. This one is open face. So I don't know. I think he could get it. He's got good high defense to start with. Um, so he could be a good one. Now we also have in this set a Jessica Jones. Now what makes her good? She's 65 points for five clicks. Sounds a little high, but she brings two team abilities. So if you're running a Spider-Man team or some wild cards, she brings the Avengers and Shield team abilities. She also is a flyer with very good start movement of 10. She has charge. She has super strength with a 10 attack. She has a super senses and toughness as her defensive power, and she does three damage. So right there with the five range, she gives you a lot of versatility. She's not a huge point investment. She gives you some good team abilities, but she only has the Avengers and Shield TA. However, if you put a Captain America on the team, she gets all of his keywords. And that's during building your force. So she can, if you put Captain America, she won't break your theme if Captain America's themed with everybody. She automatically gets his keywords, which means she's going to be able to do the theme team prob. So that's awesome. Her versatility is going to be big. 65 points. I'm always coming up at 235. What I'm going to put on here. The question is going to be, is does her versatility really help the team a lot? She does pick up her plex on her second click, but her defense goes down. So she's going to be a little situational in the type of team, but for 65 points, she could bring some new things that your team needs. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, looking at another one, and this is just my favorite because I think it's a cool sculpt, and I will try and get her to work. 024 Carolina Dean. I love that she's a flyer. She's a running shot psychic blast person. It's got an 18 defense that does barrier and defend and when you target her or adjacent friendly characters by range attack your damage value goes down by one 
Now, she has a runaways ability. She can re-roll re a one on a die of the attack roll if she's adjacent to a friendly character with the runaways or Young Avengers when she attacks. She's adjacent. She can re-roll a one on a die of the attack roll. She can re-roll one die of the attack roll. It's pretty good. Decent. Uh, she's got the Avengers team ability. She does have three damage with enhancement. I think her defense where it really comes in. She's got that defend, the running shock, psychic blast, the enhancement. So she's kind of a secondary attacker with some support ability. So at 75 points, she brings a little bit more power to your team and a way to get around some of the you know defensive powers. So I think she has some potential, but she brings the cosmic keyword, which I've said before in a different podcast. We don't have enough cosmic. Here's a cosmic. Put her on with those turtles. That'd be awesome, actually. Her with the turtles are the two cosmic, the space turtles. They're 75 too. So the three of them, two turtles and her, two of her and two turtles would be 300 exactly. I don't know if that'd be a good team, but that'd be interesting. They'd have somebody to fly them around with, enhance them. I don't know. I just think you're going to start looking at her. That's a piece I might want to use. She does have back-end pulse wave. Don't know if she'll last that long. The barrier might be a little nice. So she doesn't have indom. She does have a seven range, so that's pretty good for nowadays. I mean, she's got potential. We'll have to see if anybody breaks her. Uh, looking at next, and hard to believe, but out of all these Spider-Men, I chose 026 Spider-Man as a potential meta piece because there's a Spider-Man ID card you can call him in with. Or you might even try to put him on a team. Now, he's 80 points. He's got one, two, three, six clicks. So that's a little over 13 points a click, I believe. 13? Yeah, a little over 13. No, way, yeah, a little over 13 points a click. Starts with an 18 defense super senses. Has a t 10 attack with uh, super strength. But his big thing is he can use charge and improve movement. Ignores elevated train, ignores hindering train, ignores character. So the big three. You give him a power action. He can move up to his printed speed value and then make a close attack. Wow, so you can pick up an object, go all the way, Avoid all this other stuff and just smack you for about five. Now, it's pretty good to get Spider-Man team ability for range. Now, he's got that power twice. He does, towards the end, pick up an 18 defense with defend. He picks up outwit. He's sporadic on his uh, super strengths on four of the six clicks. He's got flurry his last two clicks. Not a bad Spider-Man. He could make his way in there. I think he could be a call-in. That might be not a bad call-in ability to smack somebody for five but and for 80 points he's, he's a pretty decent point value now he's got the reporter keyword he's got high defense and he's got the uh, spider-man ta all right he, uh, let's move on to the next one i think he can make an impact uh, who is it zero 30 that would be thor and this is the Thor that uh, can be mind, well, mind controlled by mystical. Is it what if Set had defeated Asgard? And this is your one of the few pieces that has got a front-loaded pulse wave. He's got 10 
10 movement with running shots. So he can run five. He's got seven range. He can, he is 11 attack with pulse wave, 17 defense with invincible, and four damage with his special power. Under Seth's thrall, give an adjacent friendly character with a mystical keyword and point value 50 or more a double power action that deals no pushing damage. When you do, Thor may make a close range attack. Now you can t- keep... Uh, you can... Pretty much pair him up with a Doc Strange, and you can be able to use this ability. The problem with this is that he does not have willpower. Easy ways around it. He's 105 points. Uh, He has the Asgardian and Mystical Keyword. So that's good, the Mystical Keyword. So you can take a Doc Strange, you can double power action, and shoot somebody from seven range out. And then have Thor running shot pulse wave. And since his running shot's five, but his pulse wave is only four, he can get far enough away from Doctor Strange where he's not going to hit him. He can sit there and pulse wave. One of the few front-loaded pulse wavers. So if you think about him and two Doc Stranges, that'd be 205 points. Got some more mo- movement to do around with the rest of the group. But, I mean, it's got potential. It's an abusive power ability to give him two actions with minimal with minimal cost. And his front-loaded pulse wave, it's automatic meta thoughts. I mean, you're going to have to think about this character. You're going to want to make him work. Front-loaded pulse wave is so important because it ignores the rules of hero clicks. So I see him making an impact. Somebody's going to try to use him. Hopefully they will kind of break him or maybe not. Our next one, we're going to have to jump all the way to 038. And that's going to be Cosmic Spider-Man. And you know I love Spider-Man, but this Spider-Man is ridiculous. He's got seven range. He has the power cosmic ability. He has the Spider-Man team ability. But he has three point values, 275, 175, and 75. His biggest thing is that he can shoot through elevated, hindering, and blocking. The only thing he can't shoot through is characters. So outside of characters, the map is blank to him. Any blocking train along his fire is destroyed. He's got decent combat values. He never drops below a 10. He stays in 11s a lot. He's got precision strike, pulse wave. He's got um, psychic blast. He starts with two nine. He has 19, 19 for defense and just a bunch of 18s, 17s, and ends on a 16. He has regen at the end. He has some sidestep. He's a flyer. He does four damage for most of his dial, and then he has some threes, last five or threes. The 11 clicks long, which is crazy. And he has some great mixes of power. Only one power I don't like. He has a hypersonic with pulse wave. However, all his pulse waves after that are with running shot, which works really well. He's got, as I said, he's got a little psychic blast. And he seems to be this piece that wants to make a big impact. Now, he's probably going to be played as a 175-point level, which is only seven clicks long. But starts with hypersonic, 10 movement. 11 attack with precision strike, 18 defense with impervious, and 4 damage. So he's going to be able to get anywhere he wants, going to be able to shoot through about anything he wants, and hit you for 4. So he's a good alpha strike type piece. Um, You can also use him at the 75 point level, which is crazy since that's going to be a great call in. You can call him in, he will have a sidestep, which isn't bad for a call-in because they can't get that far from you. He's going to have seven range with psychic blast and four damage. So he's going to be able to shoot through that blocking train. So if somebody 
with these green lanterns, he's going to be able to kill green lantern one shot and create a path to get to the other one. So, and it's going to be really hard to kill him because he's got an invulnerable that you can't outwit. If you don't have psychic blast, you're going to have to do. You're going to have to hit him for six, and that's becoming harder and harder to do in the in the current environment. He's only 75 points, so it's a great call-in ID. Now looking on, you know I like Peter the Hunter. Now why do I like Peter the Hunter? He's 90 points, but he automatically brings in four pogs. And we love these pog generators. These four pogs, and they can carry each other. They have some unique abilities, but let's concentrate on Peter the Hunter. The big thing about Peter the Hunter is that if he KOs a 50-point piece, he autom 50 points or more points, he goes all the way back to click one. Doesn't matter where he's at. He goes back to click one, and he's given a trophy token. And after he's killed one person, one person over 50, you will have to not only kill him, but the trophy token that he was given for killing that other person allows him to come back on his last click, so you're going to have to kill him again. And, but if he gets to kill somebody before you get to him, so he KOs somebody, he'll go all the way back to click one. This could be an annoying piece, part of the undying tech, that you just can't get rid of. Now, his combat values are pretty good. He's 11s and 10s and ends on a 9. He's 90 points. He's only 6 clicks, which makes him 15 points a click. Not great. He's got five range. He gets charged. He's got blade claws. He's got exploit weakness. He's got a little RCE at the end. He's got close. He's got combat reflexes. Um, he's going to be interesting. He's got the animal keyword in warrior, so that gives some umph to those teams. He's a walker. Uh, I see that he, somebody's going to try to use him because of those pox. But at 90 points, he might be cost prohibitive. But he could go on some undying tech. A ha ha Joker and Dare and uh, Devil Dinosaur with him, who knows? And I, I, what kind of uh, undying tech are you running here? What are you trying to accomplish? So he's one to be on the lookout for. It. He has a great sculpt on the throne, but I put him in about tier two. Wouldn't be a definite play, but he's one that you're going to try to build teams around, and if people aren't able to build teams around him, he will drop out of the meta. But he's like, like anything, anytime you get a new set, there's these pieces, you're like, oh, okay, these might be a meta piece, you know. People are going to try them. They're going to try and break them. Uh, and we can sit here and listen to all the podcasts we want. We're going to go try out these pieces because, number one, we spent money on them. Number two, we want to see if they, we can make them work because it's a puzzle we want to figure out. And we're not going to listen to what anybody else says. We're going to go out and try them because you never know. Now, our next one is going to be 040 Goblin King. I think it's going to make a definite huge meta impact. Now, he has a, I have gone over him before. He's a pick of power. He doesn't have the restrictions of Jakeem. He's got a 275 point dial. He's got a 175 point dial. He's got a 75 point dial. 175 is good. He's got the power of cosmic team ability. He's got some prom. He's got defensive powers. He's going to be hard to kill. And if you miss an attack on him, you get a nightmare token, which decreases your attack value by minus one until you attack him again. So you could end up in this bad spring of not being able to hit this guy. So attack values are pretty decent. He is challenging Jakeem to be the best piece in the game. So this is a definite tier one. This will be one that is going to be abused. You're going to get tired of seeing him at your venue. 
and he's easier to get than Jakeem. Just fair warning. And that's the one that if we run a sealed in our team event, that's the one you got to worry about. Because of the pieces in this set, he is one of the best. Him and Cosmic Spider-Man, because Outwit won't work against him, and you're going to have a hard time damaging him. Now, getting towards the end, my last two, uh, we're going to look at Peace Machine. He's going to make an impact. Uh, the War Machine, he's either going to be in a call-in because he is James Rhodes, so you can use the War Machine call-in. Now, Peace Machine's really interesting. He's got 7 range, 50 points. He's only got 4 clicks, so you're going, what's the big deal about him? Well, number one, he has a suppression field, meaning that if a character would take 4 or more damage, it takes 3 instead. So for low damage teams... He gives him more of a fighting chance because you can't do more than three damage to a click. You can't come in four or five or six. He's going to severely limit Jakeem's ability to go in alpha strike. He's an anti-alpha striker. Also, he can use force blast. When he does, he may target opposing characters within three squares in a line of fire. So he's got three squares. If he can see them, he can force blast them. Easy way to get one point of damage on a, on a piece like a shredder. Force blast them away. Move pieces around. He's got very low movement, sevens and a six, and two sevens, two sixes. His attack value is just in the tens, but he's mainly there as a support role. He has TK front loaded at the beginning. He's got 19 defense with toughness. With suppression field, you're just going to have a hard time killing this guy. He's got zero damage, but he's got outwit, so that's a great support piece. He can tax you around a little bit, especially with probably seven. Seven's his range because he can sidestep two. And if he's carrying somebody, it'll be five. And his last two clicks are plasticity, and he will have support. So this is a great kind of catch-all piece that's going to help uh, low-damage teams. So I expect him to find situationally some meta, and I believe he's probably a Tier 2, low Tier 1 piece that you're not going to see on every team, but he will make a occasional appearance and be very effective if a team's built if he is kind of built around a team. Now, he also brings the armor, politician, and soldier keywords, so that helps him out too, be able to fill out theme teams with that. And finally, my last piece, the only chase piece I think that's going to make a huge impact is Poison. Uh, Poison has a monster keyword. He's 90.7 clicks. Um, he's got the Spider-Man TA, which is good. He can also give you a pog, but you have to get him knocked onto a click that allows him to do that, and that's like clicks four, six, and seven. He has an eight charge to start with, 11 attack with poison, 18 defense, and three special power. And the special power is that he deals penetrating damage when he hits a character that can't, that can't use toughness and vulnerability or impervious. Hits a character that can use toughness and vulnerability or impervious, increases damage dealt by one. So he's got three damage, but if he hits somebody with one of those reduction powers, he gets to increase it to a four. He has that poison. Poison deals penetrating damage. So he has the ability to damage those that have invulnerability, toughness, or impervious. So that's great. Anytime you can damage somebody without having to roll, it's awesome. 90 points, a little steep, 7 clicks, uh, what is that, 13? Right around 13 points a click, 
not horrible. Um, it's got shape change and plasticity. It automatically breaks away. That's traded. Uh, the ability to drop that that um, token, that bystander, just gives him potential. And you know he's poison. People are going to try to break this piece. Uh, he's going to be a great poisoner. Just taking up almost one third of your bills where I struggle with him. But of all the chases, that's the one that probably has the most potential as a tier one meta piece. Now, if we look at that, that means there's 11 pieces in the what if set that can make a meta impact. Um, now, you can't look at it where I have 17 in Avengers Defenders War and 11 in what if because there were 74 total pieces in Avengers Defenders War and 50 total pieces in what if. So if you kind of look at the percentages, that means 23% of the pieces have a potential to be a tier one, tier two piece for the meta. And 22% of what if. So that, that's really close. However, if you go in there and you start eliminating, you go, okay, tier one. The potential for tier one, true potential for tier one, the ones that really have the best shot, there's seven to nine in Avengers Defenders War and only three to four tier one potential in what if. Now, that means that tier one over in Avengers Defenders, that's 9.5% of the pieces. However, in what if, that only represents 6%. So Avengers Defenders War has a little bit more meta impact, it looks like, with what if having a lesser one. Now, that's all great, Love hearing the competitive meta piece, and we're getting ready to go into Origins, and that's great to hear. But really, what about the casual? Everybody forgets about the casual team. Well, if you kind of look at the casual stuff, I would have to say that overall, Avengers Defenders War blows out of water about bringing a little bit more casual fun to the game. If we're just looking at the name keywords that they had in that, Really, in casual, I think that's the ones that you go for, name keywords, name keyword teams. They have 11 defenders in there. They have 14 Marvel Knights. They have seven Wakandas. They have 23 Avengers and six hand. One third of the pieces in Avengers Defenders War are the Avengers. There's 14 Marvel Knights, and I'm not even counting the Fast Forces set. Okay. You also have the cool chair pieces that, that create pogs, the Black Panther and the Daredevil. So Hulk is the one piece in this, and Count Nefaria that are going to be hard to handle if they're pulled in a sealed event. But there's more balance and there's some slogging that will go on because you can get some very non-moving attack pieces in this set. So you're going to have to go a little bit more positioning with longer, more drawn-out games. There is one wasted piece, uh, the Marvel Diva, and that's Hellcat. I mean, it's just a waste of a of a um, of a keyword. There's only two total in all of modern, so I don't even know if we need a Marvel Diva. I mean, this Black Cat and her. I don't know if you can run a good Marvel Diva uh, team. Now there are some sculpt repeats. Most notable one is Count Nefaria is a blatant ripoff of Doctor Strange. However, if you move over to What If, it is nothing but uh, sculpt reuse. Nothing but. It's massive. You're getting, a lot, and that is where it's driving me crazy. All the Thors look like you better put rings on them so you can tell which Thors what. 
the point by is only one things that tell them apart, the 105 versus 110. In a match, it's going to be hard to remember which story you're facing. The Spider-Man all look alike. The Doctor Strange pieces, the Doctor Starks look a little bit different. But, I mean, it's this major use of reuse of sculpts that kind of bring this casual element down. And if we look at, uh, there's nine Avengers in this, five shield, six runaways, and six young Avengers. Really, the runaways is the biggest draw for this set. You can about get, I think, five of them, no, maybe six of them on a team, a 300-point team. It's five or six. So you can about get the entire team, drop Iron Lead, and you can get the rest of them on all together for 300 points. So I think that's pretty cool. Best ones, the ones I really want to try out in that, Peter the Hunter, just like it because of the trophy, and the Punisher squad. I think that's going to be a neat mechanic, the ability for Punisher to shoot from these others. And with the what-if elevated uh, street scene, position him on roofs and hindering terrain and allow Punisher to be sitting in the back at your starting area, shooting from those. Be kind of a sniper nest kind of fun thing to do. Um, there's a lot of flight in this. Uh, it can... So, plenty of moving attack. This set's a little bit unbalanced because you got Goblin King and Cosmic Spider-Man. But overall, you do have a lot of pieces that can deal a lot of damage. So, casually, I just think it's okay. I think Avengers Defenders War is awesome for a casual because of all the new team stuff they add to some new and the chair people producing pogs get a most wanted peach with for me which is cosmic spider-man he's gonna have he's gonna be fun to play with but in a casual environment he's gonna kind of not leave a great taste in people's mouths and some avengers so one fifth of the set is avengers got some shields some of the new shield the daredevil shields great to add to the shield team so he can add to it the runaways amazing so it's just an okay casual set really looking forward to elseworlds hoping they're not going to reuse uh, sculpts i don't think they are it looks like it's gonna be a little bit different um so the what if set meta wise it's just gonna be a kind of an okay impact it has a little bit less potential than avengers defenders war in my opinion and from a casual casual perspective i really think avengers defenders war is really what's going to really drive some casual games at your venues what if set just so much sculpt reuse it's just kind of uh, blah you know, maybe you'll see more from the S.H.I.E.L.D. teams and the Runaways. And maybe ever so often, maybe a Spider-Man or Daredevil pop out of there. All right. So that is my main topic. So what uh, what are we going to do right now? Getting kind of... Getting kind of late. I need to get to watch the Golden State. I'm sitting here wondering. It's past halftime. I want to see who's winning Go Golden State. So I'm going to jump right into the team build. The challenge team build was Iceman build from Uncanny X-Men. So I looked at Iceman and I said, you know what? I'm going to get a lockdown team. I'm going to lock you down. So in order to do that, what I went with was Iceman with Supreme Intelligence on him, getting the sidestep. I went with Frogman and Mixie because nothing better than those two lockdown guys. Got Doctor Strange to help transport those guys around. Uh, the 50-point shifting focus. Put Jessica Jones on her and help with stealth busting and put a pin pocket tank. 
my thing is to get as get it up in your grill sidestep blocking down your major character with Iceman. so constantly locking down your character shooting them mixy locking them down for two anytime i kind of miss with Iceman and frogman bumping you around for position using that to just frustrate you to death dr strange to kind of add an enhancement to make stuff better make better uh uh, give more damage. Jessica Jones to bust some stealth and pin pocket tank to make it hurt the one time I can really hit you hard. Um, it, it'd be fun. I think this is a base team that you can start tweaking and just see if you can just make it better and better. All right. Uh, next week, we're going to do Shifting Focus Superman, World's Finest 001-002-017A, and 033. He might be the start of a team that is all commons uncommons and rares and no super rares or chases or anything like that so that that might be an extra challenge to add to that i uh, just want to say thank you for listening in i'm gonna have to cut this short i've got to get stuff ready for origins wish me luck i'm gonna have a great time thanks for y'all support thanks for getting me to this point um i do have one question it came from malcolm rush let me read that to you and let me answer it so let me pull it up here. Okay, here it is from Malcolm Rush. What do you want WizKids to do for the next 15 years for the game of HeroClix? All right, my main goal for WizKids is to, number one, grow the game and get us a little bit more connected with each other. More connected in the fact that we're more nationally run um, tournaments, more competitive tournaments, more casual fun. I really want them to see grow the game. 15 years, they've got 15, the next 15 years to be able to grow the game and get some of those licensed products in. They're like Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four. That, that's my big goal. I love the way the game of Heroclix is right now. I don't want them to overcomplicate it. I want it to keep it a complicated enough where figures are needed to synergize with each other in order to create a competitive team and to have multiple competitive teams not having one dominant type team out there. So I, w I wish they would expand the game through getting more players in there, and I think they can do that by making the ability to create several competitive teams instead of gravitating towards a few figures. So that's my wish for WizKids to do for the next 15 years of the game of HeroClix. Maybe even expand into the online arena, help us to create an online version of this game so we can practice and play and connect together. Though I really like the feel of the pieces, I do like to have an online community. I'd also like to see them to expand that online presence that they have. So Malcolm, thank you for that great question. Hopefully that answered it. That's just my hopes and dreams for uh, Heroclix in the next 15 years. So 
Here's my parting shots. Email your comments and questions to lostinclicks at gmail.com or contact me on HTMRealms under the idea of Colossus 10. Like our Facebook page, you can search on Facebook by typing in at Heroclix Borderlands. Please rate and review the podcast under iTunes. Love to hear how your worlds went and love to meet you. Please contact me and maybe we can meet up while I'm up there. Uh, we have an error in correction from last week. I did have his Goblin King's top point value as 225, and it is not. It is 275. Thanks for listening in. Can't wait to hear from you again. Please continue to keep rolling those double sixes, because when you roll double sixes, you never miss. Have a great time. Peace.